Good morning. I'm Bryce Feitner, pastor of Green Street United Methodist Church in Hastings, Michigan. And thank you for joining us for our podcast for this Sunday, May 10th. And a special welcome to all the ladies today because this is Mother's Day and we're celebrating you. We're celebrating all of the ladies who are mothers and who have acted as mothers and mother figures to all of us growing up. And we thank you and we praise God for you. So thank you. This message today is especially for you. Our scripture reading is from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 7. And this includes the famous Shema, which is that portion of the Hebrew scriptures that is said virtually every worship service in the Jewish community. And it reminisces the importance of the fact that God is one and that we need to pass this on to our children. And I thought it was especially important today as we think about mothers and how they have passed the faith on to all of us. So again, reading from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. May God bless the reading of his word. Let us pray. Holy God, bless the words of my lips and the meditations of our hearts, that they will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen. Last year's message on uh, Mother's Day was a bit of a tearjerker, and I I was told not not to make this one be quite that way, so I'll try not to, but I thought it would be interesting to share a little bit about a great mother in history, in our Methodist history. And so let me just start out by telling you that this woman's name is Susanna. She was born in the late 1600s in England. She was the 25th of 25 children in her family. Can you imagine that? Speaking of Mother's Day, her her mother must have been sainted just for that feat alone. Susanna is a role model for me, mostly because she represents the kind of Christian life that I only wish I could lead. Because she learned to do those ordinary things that we all have to do, but she did them with tremendous understanding of their enormous eternal value. And that is evident in Susanna's prayer life, especially. I'm going to share several prayers that she wrote with you during this message. So related to that incarnational aspect of the holy, sanctified life that Susanna lived, listen to this prayer. Help me, Lord, to remember that religion is not to be confined to the church or to the closet, nor exercised only in prayer and meditation, but that everywhere I am in your presence so that my every word and action have a moral content. May all the happenings of my life prove useful 
and beneficial. May all the things instruct me and afford me the opportunity of exercising some virtue and daily listening and growing toward your likeness. Amen. Isn't that a beautiful prayer? I mean, um, the words just cut right to the heart of what it means to be sanctified, to live in that holy way. Susanna was a bright child. Even though at that time in our history, of course, in the world history, women weren't given the opportunity for much formal education. She couldn't attend college. But she received an incredible education at home. Her father had a doctorate from Oxford University, that very prestigious university. So that helped in her education. She studied biblical languages. She knew Greek and Latin. Those are tough, tough languages to learn, I can attest to that. And she became quite the theological scholar. By the time she was only 13, she actually would have theological debates with her father. Again, her father had a doctorate from Oxford, so can you imagine that? Um, her father was somewhat of a, of a nonconformist. There was, you know, the Protestant movement that went back and forth between supporting the Church of England and the more Protestant leanings in that country. And she often took positions even against her father. Her father was the nonconformist type. But she inherited all of these scholarly papers that her doctorate father wrote. Um, and so that tells you something about her intellect and her interest in learning. The next major event that Susanna had in her life was, well, she was married. And um, you may figure out who she is. Uh, not that her husband, Samuel Wesley, was particularly famous, but her sons, particularly her one son, John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, was one that you probably recognize. And if John was the founder or perhaps the father of, Me of Methodism, I like to think that Susanna was the mother of Methodism because she taught John so much. Susanna's husband was a minister serving the Epworth Parish uh, small church in England. Not a very prestigious charge by any means. And it's there that Susanna Wesley worked and showed the world how sacred the duties of living and working and teaching our children really are. The duties of motherhood. Susanna was first and foremost a mother, for her motherhood was a, motherhood was a calling. She took it up with a seriousness that's hard for most people to understand today. Remember, she was one of 25 children well, she had 19 children of her own in only 25 years. Unfortunately, only 10 of those children lived to maturity, but the remaining 10 received the loving care of their mother that was special even in its day. And training, oh, they received training. Our scripture from Deuteronomy says, impress these things on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Well, Susanna did that to be sure. Susanna has received universal acclaim for the way she undertook to educate her children, all of them, in a kind of homeschooling environment. Many of you all are 
in that homeschooling environment now because of this COVID emergency. We're trying to educate our children at home and you know how frustrating that can be. Well, imagine if you had to do that all the time with 10 children. What a job, what an important job that was. And it is for you all who are doing that right now. The commitment to teaching our children was no small commitment. There were seven girls, three boys. On their fifth birthday, they were taught the alphabet and started to read. And of course, they used the Bible to learn to read, starting with Genesis chapter 1. And that teaching schedule went every day from 9 to noon and 2 to 5. And she did this for 20-some years. At the same time, she was nursing the newest born child and sewing and cooking and doing all those other household things. She was so industrious, such a hard worker, such a loving mother, and so methodical about her business. That may be where John Wesley learned to be methodical, that term upon which Methodists are named. She met individually with all of her children once a week just to see how their studies were going. John Wesley's night was Thursday night. Although his very, all, all throughout his whole ministry, John Wesley expressed his indebtedness for the learnings that took place on those Thursday nights. For 20-some years, Susanna maintained this teaching regimen, instilling her methods and her personality her love of learning, and uh, we Methodists benefit from that to this day. There's no doubt about it. She's definitely the mother of Methodism. One great attribute Susanna had, and I think all mothers generally have, is patience. Patience, perseverance. If we're going to pass on this incredible faith, we must do that. We must have patience and mothers do it so well. Susanna had some exceptional patience. Observing once when his wife was teaching on a particular day, her husband Samuel counted 20 times that she repeated a single piece of information, a single phrase to one of her children, 20 times. And her husband Samuel said, I wonder I marvel at your patience. You've told that child the same thing 20 times. To which Susanna replied, Well, if I had satisfied myself by mentioning it only 19 times, I should have lost all my labor. It was the 20th time that finally took. Patience. One of those great qualities of mothers that allows us to pass on our faith, to impress it on our young hearts, just as that passage from Deuteronomy says. Another of Susanna's great personality traits was her love of learning. She passed that on to her children. The three boys all went on to get advanced degrees from college. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, became a fellow at Oxford. The girls, again, weren't allowed that kind of formal education in those days, but they were homeschooled to an equal level. And John used to consult with his sisters when he was in ministry about passages and what they meant, and he really had a tremendous respect for his sisters, all because of the tremendous learning they were given by their mother, Susanna, growing up. 
Susanna enjoyed many successes as a mother. She also endured a few calamities. She was separated at times over politics and religion. That never happens, does it? <laughs> In a fire, she, she lost everything. She, she had, a, had to endure the fact that her husband Samuel was thrown into debtor's prison. I mean, Samuel didn't have a very big parish, and he didn't make much money, and he had a large family, and so yeah, he got into debt. And Susanna actually offered to pawn her wedding ring to bail him out of prison. Um, but Samuel refused. There's no, I'll rather stay in prison than for you to hock your wedding ring. And ultimately, the bishop bailed him out of prison. Susanna had calamities as a mother, to be sure, just as we all do. You can't always control what happens to you, but you can always control how you react. How you react. Listen to how Susanna reacted. I love this prayer. It reminds me so much of the time we're in in this coronavirus event. Help me, O Lord, she said, to make a true use of all the calamities and disappointments in my life in such wise that they may unite my heart more closely with you. Cause them to separate my affections from worldly things and inspire my soul with more vigor in the pursuit of true happiness. Wow, if that isn't a prayer for the time we're in, I don't know what is. What a beautiful prayer. And listen to her tough realism in these words. Since I must expect to meet with many difficulties, much opposition and much disappointment and daily trials of faith as I pass through the world, help me to disengage my affections from transitory things and fix them on the more rational and spiritual pleasures which we are to enjoy as we enter our state of immortality. Wow, what a wise woman best the best things that she accomplished in life probably came because she had some years of difficulty she said this about suffering the best preparation i know of for suffering is a regular and exact performance of present duty and she did so her duty so well didn't she she just was amazing John Wesley declared that his mother had been a preacher of righteousness. Now again, she's a woman. She wasn't allowed to be appointed as a preacher. So why did John say this of his mother? It's very high praise. Well, there's one obvious reason, one reference to the fact that Susanna had this incredible kitchen ministry, kitchen services. She wouldn't call them sermons because, again, she wasn't allowed to be a preacher. But Susanna started having Sunday evening services for her family and friends in her kitchen. And pretty soon over 200 people began attending those, many having to stand outside, but still close enough to listen. And so soon the organized church got up real upset because more people were attending these Sunday night gatherings in Susanna's kitchen than were coming to church on Sunday morning. This didn't look good for the church. 
So the message came down from the church hierarchy that Susanna had to stop this nonsense. And since her husband was the appointed pastor of the church, of course, it became his role to tell his wife to stop this kitchen ministry. And so when Samuel confronted his wife, he did this by letter because he was away in London, she presented a number of sound, logical arguments as to why her Sunday night services should continue. But they weren't loggerheads over this, no doubt. In part because he had to answer to his chain of command, not because he had any doubts about his wife's ability to preach. And so when he continued to object, she went, she sent him this final reply in a letter. She said to Samuel, if you do after all think fit to dissolve this assembly, do not tell me anymore that you desire me to do it, for that will not satisfy my conscience. But send me your positive command in such full and expressed terms as may absolve me from all the guilt and punishment for neglecting this opportunity of doing good to souls. When you and I shall stand before the great tribunal of our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> needless to say, the kitchen meetings <laughs> continued. And needless to say, this is where John Wesley learned how, when, and where to preach. It wasn't from his father. It wasn't from Oxford. It was from his mother, preaching in the kitchen to people who would never darken the door of a church. John was famous for that, preaching in fields, preaching in graveyards. He learned it from his mother. And that's also, I might add, where John, well, you learned to break the rules of the church, to take the gospel to where people are. That is what made Methodism so vibrant, so great. If we're gonna recapture that vitality, we have to do things differently. We have to worship in different times, in different places, in different ways with different people. We need to worship with people who would never walk through the doors of a church. Those societies, those Methodist societies, the structure, the bands, the classes, all those things that John Wesley was famous for creating, you know, he learned that from his mother. And after her husband died, Susanna spent the final years of her life helping John in this new flourishing Methodist movement. She truly was the mother of Methodism. Susanna realized that she was in this Methodist movement for good, and so she helped John all she could in her later years. When John was away, one of the lay members, a young man, decided to get up and preach during one of the society meetings. And while John was a little bit uh, reluctant to allow it to happen, in fact, he was more than just a little reluctant. He was perturbed by it. But his mother, Susanna, calmed him down and said, no doubt, perhaps influenced by her own kitchen ministry and when it was rejected, she said, take care of this young man. For he is surely called to preach as you are. Examine the fruits of his preaching. Hear for yourself. Well, John followed his mother's advice, and after hearing the young man preach, he declared, It is the Lord. What am I that I should withstand God? And you know that decision, which was, of course, strongly influenced by John's mother, changed the whole course of Methodism. One of the great marks of our movement early on was the, the fact that 
We had lay preachers and lay folks doing ministry multiplied by thousands and thousands and thousands of everyday folks who fan the flames of Methodism. We must recapture that ideal of Methodism to again for us. We can't rely on professional clergy to do all the speaking, do all the preaching. We need lay people to do that lay teaching and lay evangelizing and participate in so many other ways. Susanna passed away in 1742. Susanna's final words were, well, they were like a mother's words to her children. She said, children, as soon as I'm released, sing a psalm of praise to God. Holy living and holy dying, in short, that sums up the very life of Susanna Wesley. Susanna was indeed a great Methodist mother. As I think about all the folks in this church, I know we have many great Methodist mothers. I am thankful that I had a wonderful mother too. Mothers that stand up for us, mothers that support us. I remember when I was a youngster, maybe in third or fourth grade, I got in trouble at school for doing something and my mother came and spoke to the principal and defended me. And you know what? I was guilty. I was in the wrong. (laughs) But that's the kind of love that mothers have for us, don't they? And you know, that is the godlike quality of love that mothers have. They defend us just like God does, even though we're wrong. They advocate for us, even when we are guilty. Amen. So praise God for mothers today. And uh, in just a little bit, you'll get a chance to hear some, uh, some testimonies of folks to their mothers. But for those of you who are leaving this podcast and not seeing the visual portion, have a blessed week. And I pray that God will bless you richly. Amen.